1 Samuel chapter 16. And if you have your Bibles, would you please just, if you have a Bible, just raise it up. Let me just see. Everybody's got a Bible. Just raise it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Okay. If somebody next to you doesn't have a Bible, hit them with it and say, you should have a Bible. Just hit them with it. Go ahead and do it. Man, I'm telling you, when I was a youth pastor, I'd do that, Dan, and the whole room would break out. Uh, I want to ask you to please pray. We have one of the best youth pastors in the entire country here, Pastor Craig Cackley, and him and a number of our youth are at youth camp this week, and uh, so our youth service upstairs is much smaller than it normally is, and that's because a lot of them kids are at youth camp, so I want to ask you to pray for him and uh, pray for them as they're uh, down at youth camp and just experiencing the love and presence of God. Um, also, if you don't have a Bible, uh, we probably should pass out magnifying glasses. Uh, I looked at those notes today, and uh, I just got so much of the word in there. I apologize, but you know what? How many of you want a pastor that preaches the word? And uh, I'd rather have too much of the word in there than not enough. And so I just want to encourage you. Uh, man, tonight we got a good word. First Samuel chapter 16, and as you're turning there, we're going to begin at verse number one. Uh, there was a, a, a wise old pastor. I mean, this pastor, he was a man of God, and, and he just walked a holy life. Everything that came out of his mouth, he never cussed. Uh, he just lifted people up. Well, he had one of his deacons. And how many know there could be some squirrely deacons running around once in a while? And he had one of those deacons, and, and this deacon had a cussing problem. And uh, th- this deacon would just, just uh, sometime he got to let language get away with him. And, and what happened is he thought instead of publicly humiliating the deacon, him and the deacon both loved fishing. So he thought he'd take the, the deacon fishing and just over that time kind of talk to him about his use of language. Well, the pastor and the dirty mouth deacon, they went out fishing and, and I, you know, I, I don't know about you, but if, if I just had a rough day, I just love getting out on the boat, Tracy. Man, I've went fishing with Tracy. I just, just love to get out there and, and you just get away. Thank God no cell phones are out there. And you're just out. And, and, and all of a sudden, the pastor, he's, he's throwing a crankbait out there. And all of a sudden, a bass hits that crankbait. And I mean, he takes it hook, line, and sinker. And I mean, that bass is running. And, and that bass, if, the thing with the large mouth of bass is they, they jump out of the water. And, and he just looks at it. And all of a sudden, the pastor's mouth drops. He goes, that's the largest fish I've ever caught. He starts reeling in, and, and that, that bass is just kicking out of the water, and he gets it right up to the boat, and just as about to they get that net down there, that bass spits out the hook. And all of a sudden, that pastor looks at that deacon and says, don't you have something to say? <laughs> well, tonight I want to speak to you about walking in the favor of God. You know, I've been a pastor for 14 years, and I've never preached on or taught on or spoke on walking in the favor of God. And tonight, we're going to look at the favor of God as it pertains to David's life, and we're probably going to look at that again next week. And I want to speak to you about how God desires to, to favor your life. The, the, the heart of God is he, he wants to bless you, the the. the inner desires of God as he, he wants to, to give you blessing upon blessing. But sometimes we don't get blessed, not because there's a problem in, a, in the giving, but there's a problem in the receiving. Sometimes we don't get blessed, not because God doesn't want to, but we don't position ourselves to receive what God wants us to receive. Now, I've got it there at the top of your notes you're going to hear me make this one statement every time you come here for the next couple of weeks, is that the favor of God is a place in life 
where just everything comes together to a point that we get blessed for absolutely no reason that we can spot with the natural eye. I want you to hear what Proverbs 16.3 says. It says, commit to the Lord whatever you do, and your plans, they will succeed. Tonight, we're going to look at the life of David, and we're going to look at how God favored his life. We're going to look at how God allowed David to do things that nobody around him could do. We're going to look at how God was able to achieve things that, that people didn't think were possible. And can I just tell you, that's what God wants to do in your life. He wants to do things in your life where the people around you are like, I can't believe PJ is able to do that. God, God wants to do things where, where all of a sudden people look at Jim Espinosa and they're like, oh my goodness, there's just something about him that's different. And I want to look at, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Samuel 16. And this is the story where we're going to take up. It's a story of David. Now, David had many brothers, and the nation of Israel, they were looking for a king. And so the prophet Samuel was going to anoint the next man to become king. And what happens is David is the youngest of his brothers, and they get to the first brother, and he's big, and he's strong. And the prophet says, no, this is not the one. Finally, it comes to David, and that's who the prophet anoints to be the next king. And then we see, after David's anointed, he doesn't step into the kingship yet, it's, it's years down the line. The current king, Saul, has problems with having peace in his life, so he wants to bring somebody in that can minister to him, and it's David. And later on, everybody knows the story of David and Goliath. So what I wanna do tonight is I wanna take up here, and I wanna look at David's life and how God gave him his favor. Let's look at first Genesis 16, one. The word says, the Lord said to Samuel, how long will you mourn for Saul since I have rejected him as king over Israel? Notice Saul didn't have God's favor. Fill your horn with oil and be on your way. I am sending you to Jesse of Bethlehem. I have chosen one of his sons to be king. Do you know if you're a son of God, you're in royalty. If you're a daughter of God, you're in royalty. Look at verse six now. Verse six says, when they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, surely, this is David's big brother, this is the Lord's anointed, he stands before me. But verse seven says this, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or height. Now that's really key for you to get that tonight. You don't have to look a certain way to get God's favor. You don't have to have a certain pedigree to get God's favor. You don't have to have a certain amount of money. You don't have to have a certain amount of skill. If your heart is turned towards God, you can have his favor. Now let's look at verse seven here. It says, but the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. Now key in on this. The Lord does not look at things that man looks at. I'm bald, so I say amen to that. Man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Look at verse 12 and 13. So he went and he sent and had him brought in. David was ruddy with a fine appearance and handsome features. And the Lord said to David, rise and anoint him. He is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came upon David in power and Samuel then went to Ramah. Now, we're almost done. Look at verse 17 to 23. So Saul said to his attendants, 
find someone who plays well and bring him to me. Now, this is what I was talking about. King Saul is having very bad episodes of lack of peace in his life. Verse 18 says, one of the servants answered, I have seen the son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the harp. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is fine looking and underline this in your notes and the Lord is with him. See, that's the favor right there. Do you guys get that? And the Lord is with him. See, that's the favor we're talking about. And the Lord is with him. Verse 19, then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, send me your son David who is with the sheep. So Jesse took a donkey loaded with bread, a skin of wine, and young goat, and sent them with his son David to Saul. And David came to Saul and entered his service, and Saul, King Saul liked him very much, and David became one of his armor bearers. Then Saul, went to, then Saul sent word to Jesse, saying, Allow David to remain in my service, for I am pleased with him. Notice the king is pleased because David has the favor of God. Last verse, verse 23. Whenever the spirit... From God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. He would feel better and the evil spirit would leave him. I want to speak tonight because I love you. And not only do I not want to see you struggle in life, God doesn't want to see you struggle in life. Not only does it pain my heart if there's an area in your life that it's just defeat, defeat, defeat. It, it pains the heart of God. Not only does it sadden me or Pastor Newby when, when we see different people that are just hurting, but God loves you so much it hurts his heart. And so tonight I want to speak to you about the favor of God. You want to hear about that tonight? I want everybody to repeat after me. Lord, Lord. help Barry not to preach long. Because I tell you, I'm excited about this night. Would you just pray with me? Lord, thank you for your grace, power, and authority. And I just speak favor over your people tonight. Thank you that my sins are forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I want you to see here at the very top of the page, David had God's favor. Verse 18, for the Lord is with him. So here's what I wanted you to notice. Here's the qualities David possessed that we need in order to have the favor of God. These qualities that I'm gonna mention to you, they're the qualities that you need, they're the qualities I need, so we can have God's favor in every single step, every single area, every single crevice of our life. Let's start with the very first one. The qualities we need to have God's favor. Number one, a heart that is hungry for God and his purposes. Look at verse seven. It says, but the Lord, what? He looks at the heart. See, God's not looking at the things man looks at. Many people look at a man with a big house and say he's a success. Many people look at a man or a woman with a certain title and say they're a success, but God doesn't look at with these things. He looks at the heart. And if you want to have the favor of God, you've got to be hungry for the things of God. Okay, now, I'm so thankful that not only do I have a beautiful wife, but she understands the need for a motorcycle anointing. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, I received that. Speak that Harley Davidson anointing. Okay, so what, what happens is, sometimes I gotta pray in my, my life. Lord, help me to be more excited about you than this motorcycle. How many of you love vacation? Woo! I got this on one of my cruises, okay? This is one of my cruise shirts. 
But you know what? There are times I gotta pray, Lord, help me to be more excited about you than a cruise. If you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. If there is anything that you're more excited about than God, it's an idol. If there's anything in your life that brings you more joy or more happiness or gets you more excited than God, it is an idol and you need to get rid of it. I'm serious. And and, and friends, can I tell you something? When you get hungry for God, all of a sudden God begins to give you his favor. I'm telling you this right now. Now don't make a stupid financial mistake on purpose. But I've seen people who were so hungry for God, they made a mistake with their finances, but they were so hungry for the things of God, God supernaturally overcame their mistake and blessed them financially anyway. And then I've seen people who did everything right with their finances, according to the world. They did everything right, but their heart didn't please God. And they never had favor in their finances. We can apply that to every area. Friends, I wanna encourage you Would you just get hungry for God? Man, you know what I love about young people? I love it when young people get on fire for God and they just begin to worship God. Two weeks from now, you need to pray for me. I'm gonna be speaking in the Northern Missouri District Youth Camp for four days. And man, I I, I know my voice is gonna go the very first day. (laughs) But you know what I love about speaking to those kids, those hundreds of kids I'm gonna speak to, teenagers? Man, the way they worship God. Shame on us adults who go to the Royals game and... The royals, I don't even want to tell you what they are because I don't want to say these type of things in church. We get more excited about the royals than we do the Lord Jesus Christ. We get more excited about the stinking chiefs. They haven't even won to the Super Bowl in my lifetime. I'm 36 years old. Well, I've seen people spend more money on the chiefs, spend more time, spend more energy than the Lord Jesus Christ who died on the cross and rose from the grave to give them eternal life. Don't shut me down, I'm preaching good. Okay, so we gotta be hungry for God. Here's the second quality. Okay, so if we wanna have God's favor, here's the second quality. Look at verse number 18. It says, he is a brave man. Number two, a life that is filled with courage for God. Oh, this is big. I'm telling you, it takes guts to make a stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, if you're at your workplace and everybody talks a certain way, it takes a stand to say, you know what, I'm not gonna be negative. I'm telling you, if, if you're in a family and everybody does and you name it, it takes a stand to say, no, not me. I wanna ask you, are you brave enough to be different for the Lord Jesus Christ? Because I'm telling you what, if you'll take a stand for him, God will give you his favor. I, I want you to write this down. A man or woman with God is never a minority. Oh, I want you to hear that one more time. That's a good word right there. A man or woman that is with God is never in the minority. I don't care how many millions of Americans are for abortion, it displeases the heart of God. And whether we're in the majority or not, God is with us and he makes us the majority. I'm telling you tonight that if you'll just begin to step out in God's supernatural flow, Now, here, I just gotta say this one more time because I don't like it when Christians get weird. This is not an invitation to weirdness. Okay, everybody look at your friend, neighbor, and say, don't be weird. Say, I mean it. No, but I'm talking about, I'm talking about not standing up for God and telling people what sins they're committing. No, 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 no. I'm talking about standing up for God and saying, you know what? 
my coworker needs help, I'm gonna help them when nobody else will. I'm talking about standing up for God. You know, I'm gonna be generous when nobody else will be. I'm talking about standing up for God, uh, going to that person that everybody's ostracized and being their friend. I'm talking about standing up for God, just making a decision. God, I'm gonna worry about pleasing you instead of people. So that's what David had. First of all, David, he was hungry for God and he had courage. Let me give you number three. Ooh, I love this. Look at verse 18. It says, not only is he a brave man, but he's a warrior. Number three, a personality of a warrior. Now I want you to hear this tonight. You cannot have God's best without a fight. You can have the devil's leftovers, no fight. You can have third place or fourth place, no fight. If you're gonna have the marriage God wants you to have, there's gonna have to be a fight with the devil. If you're gonna have the life of blessing and power and authority, if, if you wanna have that life where you can just walk into a room and, and you know that God is with you and no weapon formed against you can prosper. Amen. Amen. Man, I'm telling you, you gotta have a warrior. And I'm not talking about, again, the, the eyes of man, we look at somebody who works out a lot, oh, that's a warrior. I've seen people that worked out a lot, but they couldn't stand for the Lord Jesus Christ for nothing. I'm not talking about people that have black belts or they're proficient with weapons. A warrior is somebody that makes a decision, Lord, I'm gonna do whatever you want me to do. Can I give you a quick story on that? There was a young man named James Spurdock. And he was your typical 17, 16-year-old kid. He was a football player. No, he wasn't a football player. He was a 16, 17-year-old kid. And what happened is, he was your typical teenager. He didn't serve Jesus. He didn't love God. And, and, and what happened is, Dan, he went to this church service, this church camp, and he received Jesus Christ as his Lord and Savior. And he said, God, this, here's this you know, 16, 17-year-old boy. And I'm telling you something right now, 16, 17-year-old boys scare me. <laughs> and if you have a daughter, they really scare you. <laughs> okay, and so, and so this 16, 17-year-old boy, and he goes, God, what do you want me to do? And God says, I want you to win your high school for Jesus. And, and the boy says, well, God, what should I do? This is a true story. So this James Spurdock He's just going to class, and there's these two football stars. I mean, these guys were Jeff Wilkie-type athletes. I mean, if it's a ball, they can play it great. And, and what happens is, is, is uh, they get in trouble with the law, and the judge says this. I'm not going to throw you to jail, but you can only go to church and school functions, and that's it. And so, you know, when you're a teenage boy and you're just in school and home, that's kind of boring, and the judge said, but you can't go to church events. So here's what happened. Remember that James Spurdock, he just got saved, got on fire for God? These two football players said, hey, listen, James, we're bored. Will you have a Bible study at your house so we can at least get out of our house and come over to your house? And James says, sure. So this 16, 17-year-old boy, true story, he, 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 that whole week, he's laying on his face before God. He's praying, and, and God, would you bless this Bible study? Are you ready for this? First week, 30 to 50 football players show up. 
before the year is over, two to 300 kids are coming over to his house for Bible study, saved and changed by the Lord Jesus Christ because one teenager was a warrior. Why can't that happen here? Why can't you be him? Why can't you be the one? Because I want to tell you something. There's power when we just step out. Now, next week, you're going to hear about David and Goliath, and you're going to see how David was truly a warrior. Let's look at the next quality. So you got to have a heart that's hungry for God. got to have courage. you got to be a warrior. Verse 21. David became one of his armor bearers. So here's the fourth quality. A person who sticks with others through thick or thin. Okay, there are a lot of positive things I can say about Kelly, a lot of them. If you don't know, by the way, that's my wife. Do you know the most positive thing I can say about Kelly? One of, no matter what, I know she's always with me. The biggest, stupidest mistakes I've ever made, you know what? She's with me. I remember one time, it was years ago, one time I had so much pain in my heart Kelly sent me an email and said this. She said, I just want you to know you're not alone. And as soon as I read that, I just began to break down and cry and she told me she loved me. Isn't it a blessing when there's somebody in your life, you know that they're there? No matter what stupid things you do or say. And and friends, can I tell you, that's how God wants us to be with other people. Listen to me. When somebody comes to our church and they make a grievous, massive mistake, it is not our job to beat them down. It's our job to pull them up. Well, Barry, you don't know they sinned according to the word. Well, they did, and so have you. Well, Barry, it was a big deal. You're telling me you haven't made a big deal mistake before? I don't care who it is. We're supposed to show people God's grace. And that's what David did. Let me give you the last one here. So David was an armor bearer. Let me give you the last one here. The last thing that we need. Look at verse 22 and 23. It says, allow David to remain in my service for I am pleased with him. Whenever the spirit from God came upon Saul, David would take his harp and play. Then relief would come to Saul. Let's look at this last quality. A spirit that wants to worship God. Man, I'm telling you, if you want to have God's favor, worship God. If you want to have God's wisdom, worship God. If you want to have God's anointing, worship him. Friends, when we worship God, it's just simply saying, God, I love you. God, I love you. Friends, I just want to challenge you, become a worshiper. Man, I'm telling you, the first key that Pastor Jeff hits on that keyboard, we should start worshiping God. I just got to say this one thing. If you've got to have Pastor Jeff to sing a certain song for you to worship God, you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping music. If you've got to have a certain style or certain singers or certain musicians, you're not worshiping God, you're worshiping music. I'm preaching better than you're amening tonight. So here's what I want to do here as we close. I want to talk to you about two ways you can get rid of God's favor and two ways you can get it. Let's look at the two ways you can get rid of it. Two ways you can get rid of it. Here's, have you ever had anybody give you practical steps to failure? Here they are. I'm gonna give you two practical steps to fail. Number one, if you wanna fail in life, act negative. Acting negative will keep you from God's favor. I I, I don't know anything that kills the anointing of God quicker than being negative. I don't know anything that will push people away from you quicker 
acting negative. I don't know anything that is more against the nature of Jesus than acting negative. Can somebody loan me an amen? Just loan me one. Acting negative. Listen to me. When Luke 137 says nothing is impossible with God, here's what it means in the Greek. Nothing is impossible with God. That's why we shouldn't be overwhelmed. Nothing is impossible with God. One of my professors at Bible college, Dr. Watson, as Chris comes to play very softly, Dr. Watson, he was just a man of God. And I mean, I'm telling you, an intense man of God. He would go to McDonald's every day and he would read his Bible. And you know what he started doing? He started leading the people that came to that McDonald's to the Lord Jesus Christ. When he left that church to come to CBC, he'd been there for 15 years or more, McDonald's had a party for the pastor and gave him a shirt and it said McPastor. See, he had God's favor. And you know what Dr. Watson did? One day they had this big mountain in the back of his, his church and they wanted a new parking lot. If, if you're not in construction, you might not realize it's a lot of money to get a brand new huge parking lot. First, you've got to do all the dirt work, then you've got to clear it all the way, then you've got to come in, pour the asphalt or the concrete, you've got to do the labor, then you've got to cure it. I mean, there's a lot to it. It's very, very expensive. Well, this, this country church, they didn't have the money. But Dr. Watson, Lord, I just thank you that nothing's impossible with you. God, thank you that you're for me. And not, I mean, that brother knew how to pray. And one day he brought somebody out there to check on what it would cost to put a parking lot in. And you know what they did? They found out that whole area of that mountain underneath the grass was all pea gravel. And at the time, that was a very valuable substance. So they found somebody who would remove all the pea gravel and they got to keep it. And so they put the parking lot in for free in exchange. But what happened? Positive. He was positive. He wasn't, now I want you to receive this here. Dr. Watson, and I don't want you to be positive in your circumstances. I want you to be positive in God. See, I'm not positive tonight in my circumstances. I'm not positive because of my abilities. I'm positive because Jesus is with me. I'm positive because if he goes with me, nobody can be against me. Let's look at the second thing. So here's the second practical step to failure in your life. Number one, be a negative. If you want to be a failure, start being negative. Number two, act like others are more important than others. Let me tell you, that wasn't worded as well as I could have worded it, but here's what it means. Is when you start treating some people good and some others not. When you start looking down on somebody because of this, and you put fill in the blank. You know what I want to do? When I come to church and I come down off this pew, I want to treat somebody who's homeless just like I treat a millionaire. Somebody who agrees with everything we believe, I want to treat them just like with grace and then treat somebody who disagrees with me on everything the same way the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons and neither should we be what did it say in 1 Samuel 16 that God looks at the heart so let me give you two last as we close here tonight two practical steps to receiving God's favor here's the first one you have to step out in faith and you name the area 
Do you know every single time I preach on money or tithing, you know what I tell people? I'm, try, I'm not trying to get money from you. I'm trying to get money to you. When people don't tithe, it's not because they don't have enough money. It's because they don't have enough faith. Tithing is always a F-A-I-T-H issue. Where do you need to step out in faith? Have, you, have I been met, speaking this message tonight and all of a sudden you realize you gotta change the way you're acting around your coworkers? Step out in faith tomorrow in Jesus' name. Maybe there's something you're doing in private and nobody sees what you're doing. Step out in faith with G, in Jesus' name and cut it out. Maybe there's something going on in your family and you need to make a change. Step out in faith. Maybe God's given you a big dream or a big vision or a big plan. Why don't you just step out in faith and receive it? Let me give you the second one. Practical steps to receiving God's favor. Step out in faith and then step up and ask God to open up opportunities to share the gospel. God wants you and me. He wants us to step out in faith and then he wants us to step up. He wants us to step up and to share his love with those that are around us. You know why? We do these things like hero service. Now, now the hero service isn't like a big outreach. We're just trying to raise the testimony of our church and the community. But the reason we ask you guys, let's honor these veterans. Because we want to tell them about the ultimate sacrifice, the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we're going to honor fire, police, EMS personnel. And just two weeks ago, I went to the funeral of the firefighter in Shawnee, Kansas that died. But we want them to know about the Savior who died in their place and then rose from the grave. Tonight, I just want you to know, just barely 8 o'clock, God wants you to have his favor. He wants you to have it. But as we close, there's only one person who decides if you get God's favor, you. You're the only person who decides if it was up to God, he would just give you favor, his power, his strength, but you've got to receive it. And you can't receive it if you're negative. You can't receive it if you don't worship God. You can't receive it if you you treat others different than others. You can't receive it if you're negative. You can't receive his favor if you're going to be a wimp. Man, you got to be a warrior and just step out and receive it. He wants you to have his favor. Would you bow your hearts with me in prayer? Lord, thank you so much for your favor and for your grace. I just thank you that, Lord, 1 Samuel 16, 8 says that you were with David.